From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Decision 2020, the election. I'm Jeremy Schilling alongside Luke Morrow. Wait, do I have the wrong day, Luke? Uh, maybe just a little early. Okay, scratch that. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for week eight of the National Football League season, something that more people can agree on than the election, thankfully. How are we today, Luke? Doing well. Looking forward to another day of hopefully some great football. I want to start with the game to watch golf during. It's uh, ongoing right now as we record this at 11.32, the Bermuda Championship final round. Wyndham Clark looking for his first PGA Tour win and has a nice lead as, 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 we, re, as we record this at 11.32, two shots as they enter the back nine. Um, and that has to be Jets Chiefs. I don't see any way the Jets win this football game with no Crowder, no Perriman. You're going to put a lot of pressure on LaMichael P. Ryan, a lot of pressure on this defense, and you're going to put a lot of pressure on being able to establish the run and somehow get this defense to not make any stupid mistakes and get off the, and get off the field. This is my game to watch golf during, Luke. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I'm more intrigued by the line, which is, you know, Chiefs are favored by 20, and those big numbers, uh, not often do teams, are teams even favored by 20 to begin with, and then um, it's, it's, you know, challenging to cover that amount of money, or that amount of uh, points. So that's what I'm most curious in. Uh, I give the Jets probably, you know, uh, I don't know, 2% chance of actually winning this game. I'm just curious if the Chiefs will actually cover the 20 points as well. Um, you would think so, but that's a lot of points to give up. That's my only interest in this game. Um, I have some factoids about that. Would you like some factoids? I would love some. Okay, here we go. By the way, confirm Crowder, Perriman, Sam Ficken all are, are not active today. That was as expected. All right, so four times in the Super Bowl era, Jets have been at least 19-point underdogs. 73 against Pittsburgh, 76 against the Dolphins, 07 against the Pats, 2019 against the Pats. Uh, this is according to ESPN Jet Beat reporter Rich Samini. Um, the Jets have covered in each of those games, even though ESPN's FPI gives them a uh, 94% chance of winning for the Chiefs. The last team, according to ESPN Stats and Info, via Rizzamini, to lose when favored outright by at least 19 was Cincinnati in 1974. They have won 37 straight and are 85-3 and three outright in the Super Bowl era. So, tougher to cover, but, but for the team that has the big line in their favor, but almost invincible when it comes to winning the football game, which is all that matters because your record is what it, what you know your record is. Hey, good teams win, great teams cover. But uh, to your point, yes, I mean when you're favored by twenty, those teams usually don't win outright. They're that big of an of a uh, favorite for a reason, and I would imagine that be the case today. Hey, maybe the Jets. History tells us right? maybe they could keep it under that 20 points, but uh, I doubt it'll be too much of a challenge today for the Chiefs. What in the world is happening with the Vikings? I thought this was a team on the rise. We have 5-1 and one versus 1-5, one and five. Green Bay against Minnesota, yet it's only a six-point line. Is that because of snow? Is that because the Vikings have done something weird? Is that because the Packers are missing somebody? What's the deal here 
with both the line and also just the way the Vikings are trending? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I was very tempted, still am, I guess, to make the Packers my you know, my best pick, uh, bet of the week as a six-point favorite. But at the same time, uh, you know, the Vikings, for one, it's a divisional game, and those are typically closer. Um, and Mike Zimmer has had success against Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of years, though I don't think that'll be the case today because the Vikings' defense is in shambles. Uh, but number two, the Vikings, even at one and five, still have a lot of talent, at least offensively. Defensively, they're uh, a mess. And when you look at Minnesota this year, the one and five record, but they lost to the Titans by one point. They lost to Seattle by one point. Those are two teams that you know have uh, one loss each. Uh, they lost to the Packers in Week One by um, by you know by single digits, so they've hung tough. Obviously, you got to go out and try to find a way to win these games. Uh, but today is concerning because Minnesota is down um, like almost their entire secondary. They're missing at this point uh, almost their entire uh, defensive starters. It's ridiculous. This defense is so depleted for Minnesota. It was young and inexperienced to begin with. Now they're down uh, three more cornerbacks this week because I believe it's COVID-related issues. Uh, so this, uh, this defense is a mess. Devontae Adams uh, you know, is back now for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers should have a big day. There is going to be some weather, some, some wind concerns, um, but Rodgers is set up to have a, a big day today against that Vikings defense. And Minnesota at this point seems to be you know, looking towards the future and uh, packing it in for 2020. Um, are you tanking for Trevor? I'll tell you, as a fan, I wouldn't mind. Um, you know, it's not you don't want to root against your team, and it still uh, sucks to lose every week. But at this point, if you offered me, like, hey, you could trade in Kirk Cousins for Trevor Lawrence, absolutely I would do that, uh, even if it takes, you know, losses the rest of the season. So I would like to. I don't know if that's where the franchise is going. You know, there's reports. I don't know how um, accurate they are, but about even, you know, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman having hot seats, which personally I think is ridiculous. Uh, but if you have a GM and a coach, you know, still – still try to coach or work for their jobs, then obviously they'll have uh, more of a focus on trying to win this year and looking better. So, um, I mean, we'll see. Uh, they traded away in Dockway for a draft pick last week. I think they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, pushing their chips in and, and moving on from this year a little bit. Obviously, you still try to win every week, but realizing at this point, eh, no, we're, we're not going to do anything this year. You can get great insight like this every day on the Morrow Midday Show from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN 98.9 Charleston, charlestonsportsnetwork.com. I appear every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern to talk about the wonderful sport of golf. So that's where you can get more uh, knowledge in this area. Uh, and it's charlestonsportsradio.com, I believe. I think I said network by accident, but charlestonsportsradio.com. Um, for the Morrow Midday Show, every weekday at noon Eastern, have your lunch with Luke. That should be your new slogan, Luke. Yeah, we use that, but you, I, you, we use that in a uh, tongue-in-cheek fashion because, uh, I don't know, I always thought that was kind of corny, so... <laughs> We how, use it, but kind of like a making fun of ourselves type of way. How would you grade the Week 8 Sunday Sprint Jeremy Hypes Luke um, stretch of the show? How am I getting on this? Oh, very good. I give you uh, an A-. Okay, there we go. I'm trying, Luke. I'm, I'm trying to hype my buddy here. Oh, yeah, uh, hey, absolutely. Um, 
Anyway, a, a game that does not need any hyping is Seattle-San Francisco, and it is charlestonsportsradio.com. Let me just clarify that. Um, so a game that, that does not need any hyping is Seattle and, and San Francisco. And Luke, to me, this feels like a classic NFC West game that comes down like a, you know, a, a kick or something down to the very end. It looks like Jimmy G and, and, and the 49ers have found their form, which is interesting because this is a Seattle team that keeps loading up and loading up and loading up. And uh, you would think on paper this would be a bigger Seattle line and a bigger Seattle chance of winning, but it's not that. It's only a, a, a point and a half. Shows you the respect the betters have for San Francisco and what they've done the last couple weeks. Yeah, I think San Francisco is better or could be better than the record. I mean, they've obviously dealt with all sorts of injuries this year. In Seattle, you look at Seattle, I mean, it's really Russell Wilson and those weapons he has uh, throwing the football to on offense because in the backfield, they've been banged up the last couple weeks. And defensively, there's a reason why they're going out and making trades because uh, that defense is one of the worst in the league. So even though they're 5-1, and one, I think there's a sense that Seattle's a little bit overrated, or at least when compared to San Francisco. I like the Seahawks in this game. I think it will be close. Uh, you know, it'll be a one-score game. I think it'll be a great game. Um, but I'll take Russell Wilson over Jimmy Garoppolo, especially at home. I know you know they don't have the 12th man. They don't have the normal crowd. Home field advantage isn't the same thing it normally is. Uh, but still, you still have the slight advantage of, of being comfortable in your own stadium and having maybe the fake crowd noise and not having to travel and all that sort of stuff. So I do like Russell Wilson and Seattle uh, at home. But this is an opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, personally, he hasn't played great uh, this season. The Niners had that big win against the Patriots last week where the offense was, was very good. Uh, but everyone that has gone up against Seattle, you know, that's the one game that Cam Newton has looked really good this year. Uh, Seattle, their pass defense is about the worst in the league. So it's a chance for Jimmy Garoppolo to come out here and play well, especially with some banged-up running backs for the Niners. I think it's a good game, but I'll pick the better quarterback at home. Uh, I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks pull it out. Are you ready for another recurring segment? Yes. Uh, Saints-Bears, 4-2 and two versus 5-2. and two. Is this Bears team at 5-2 and two for real? No, and we saw that. Uh, on what was it, Monday night against the Rams, where the offense looked uh, just miserable, and the Bears—they're 5-2, and two, but they've been outscored this year by their opponents, which tells you they've been overachieving and they're you know slightly lucky and all that sort of stuff. This game I'm interested in because they're at home. It's outdoors. Drew Brees has not played well outdoors. Plus, there's supposed to be some uh, heavy wind, and so you got you know a guy in his 40s whose arm strength may have decreased the last couple of years. Now he's going to be outdoors. Uh, throwing potentially into a you know a, a high wind and the Bears defense you know their offense has not been good but their defense is top ten and the defense played really pretty well uh, on Monday Night Football against the Rams so uh, I'm curious to see without Michael Thomas and in this situation how well Drew Brees plays I'm surprised that the Saints are favored by five on the road uh, I do think the Bears could certainly win this game and I think they make it I, I think they keep it close uh, because of that defense at home outdoors against Brees uh, it sounds like they're gonna. It sounds like Vegas is saying this is the week that the Bears come back down to earth, which makes me want to ask you, is this the last time we talk about the Bears in the show for a while? Well, you know, they got off to such a great head start, 5-1, and one, that uh, especially this year with the expanded postseason, I mean, there's a great chance that they'll stay in this thing. And that is get, true. 
yeah. this year. But uh, they do have, you know, uh, obviously they, lost, they just lost to the Rams. You have New Orleans today. You go to Tennessee next week, which is a tough game. You have Green Bay two games after that. So the schedule is going to toughen up a little bit. They end the season kind of easy in the, the month of December. Uh, only one team right now with a uh, winning record in their last five games. So the Bears, they just got off to such a great head start. Normally, if you start 5-1, and one, you're a playoff team in a normal year, let alone when they expand the playoffs. So the Bears are not good, but they very well should be a playoff team this season. I keep forgetting about the expanded playoffs. Can the Jets run the table and get in? I mean, technically they're they're not eliminated yet, but what do you have a better chance of doing? Seeing that the Jets run the table and make the playoffs or you winning the lottery? <laughs> hey, if the Jets win today, that will be the win that gets them going all the way to the postseason. Wow. Look at that and all the way to Super Bowl fifty is it fifty five or fifty six? I have no idea. I can never keep. I, I don't. I don't know how people always remember these numbers. And I think it's fifty-six. I have no idea. Um, Luke, we're getting the end of our radio program. Aww. But that means it's time for the game of the day, which is Pittsburgh Baltimore. Four-point favorite for Baltimore in the slop. It is going to rain. It's fifty-six, so the temperature is not a problem. But it's rain. There's wind behind this when the. Rain moves through. Luke, this is such a fascinating game because this is a fully loaded Pittsburgh team against a fully loaded Baltimore team. These two teams have history, but really not involving the participants in this football game besides Big Ben and maybe Juju. Um, To me, I think the rain is going to neutralize the deep passing game a little bit, and I give Baltimore an edge here, but this is going to be a fantastic football game. They could come down to... Who wins the coin toss and thus, you know, going back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, who has the final possession? Yeah, it's interesting. Baltimore opened as almost a seven-point favorite, which shocks me. I mean, the Steelers are undefeated, and they're going to open as a touchdown dog. I know the Ravens are 5-1. and one. You know, they're a good team, and they're at home. Uh, that was very surprising. And uh, the public is on, um, well, they're on Baltimore, uh, and so... Uh, that helps me. That makes me want to lean towards the Steelers a little bit more. But I, I always feel like, you know, I, I, I use the betting lines to try to forecast what's going to happen. And it seems like Vegas is telling me something that, you know, they're so high on Baltimore for a reason. Maybe they're not sold on the Steelers. It is a tough spot for Pittsburgh because the Ravens are coming off a bye. Harbaugh's really good off a bye. I think he's 9-3. Uh, and the Steelers just played a tough game against the Titans last week on the road. Now they go on the road again to Baltimore. So there is a situation there that, you know, this is, could be a good matchup for, for Baltimore. But I've jumped on the Steelers bandwagon. And I think the Steelers still are not getting enough uh, respect or appreciation. They're the last undefeated team in the league, and they're the only team in the league that's top six in both offense and defense. They have the most sacks in the league. They're top three in defense. They're playing really well. Ben Roethlisberger right now has a career-high quarterback rating, and no one really talks about this Pittsburgh team. I mean, they're underdogs against the Titans. Won that game. They're up by 20 in the second half, and they're almost a touchdown underdog today against Baltimore. So I don't know if Vegas isn't sold on them or if I'm personally just overrating them. Uh, that's why I'm very curious to see what happens today because it's a huge game. You go on the road to Baltimore. They have the extra week to get ready. I think the Steelers are the better team. This may not be the best spot for them, but I think they're better than Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens' uh, passing attack is like 30th. And so you mentioned the weather. That's going to be big because we know the Ravens always play better when they're ahead. They have not won a game in Lamar Jackson's career when they're trailing at halftime. And Mm. with weather, you know, that turns it into more of a rushing attack, which helps Baltimore's case. And like you said, the coin toss, the Ravens come out and score first, and they can play from ahead. 
they're a much different team. But if the Steelers come out and score first and you're kind of playing catch-up, Lamar has never been able to do that. So if it's raining, I'll give a bigger edge to Baltimore uh, because it turns into more of a ground game. But with all that said, all that preamble, uh, I'm still taking the Steelers, especially if they're, they're going to give me four points. They're the, uh, the, the most well-rounded team right now. They're the last undefeated team. I think this is a really good Steelers team. I still think they're underrated and will have a chance to show that today in Baltimore. Uh, is that your game of the day as well? Yes, certainly. Okay, okay there, there we go. All right, Luke, uh, your sleeper game. Um, I'm going to say Patriots-Bills. Now, I don't know how entertaining of a game it's going to be, but I think it's important because this is the last chance I'm giving the Patriots. If they lose yep. today, it'll be 2-5, you know, three and a half games out, having lost, I think, about four in a row at that point. Cam Newton, if he looks bad again. I'll be selling my stock in the Patriots this year and giving up on them. And on the flip side, the Bills have not played well three weeks in a row. I know they're 5-2, but they need to play better. So I want to see Buffalo at home. This is a chance to kind of put that nail in the coffin of the Patriots and take over this division. Uh, I am with you 100%, and that's almost word for word exactly what I'm going to say. What's your game to watch golf during? Ah, man, I'm going to say... I won't choose the Jets. That's the obvious one. Let me go Sunday Night Football. Cowboys-Eagles. I wish you could flex out of this game. Uh, Cowboys with their third-string quarterback and like a backup offensive line. The Eagles now are favored by 11 in this game. Uh, I'll watch it just because there's probably going to be nothing else on tonight, but it does not interest me. Your person or player to watch today? Oh, man. As always. You catch me off guard. I'm going to say, I, I go obvious more often than not. So let me say Tua in his debut. Uh, he's had an extra week to get ready for the Rams, but it's a tough spot to go up against Aaron Donald and this defense, even at home uh, this afternoon. That's a tough debut against that defense, and I just want to see how well he does. Ryan Fitzpatrick was seventh in QBR. He was playing really well. So Tua's going to have to come in and, and play well off the jump because this was often the team, they're a game out of first. So I want to see how he does in his debut. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to Baltimore-Pittsburgh. The, the, uh, the uh, equipment guys wiping down those footballs. Um, could be one slip, one pass that goes awry. you got to have the right cleats. Just all these equipment managers and then the folks from the NFL who handle the footballs, making sure the quarterbacks have as dry a football as possible. Sometimes it's the very little things that make all the difference, and that could happen today, Luke. Yeah, especially with Ben Roethlisberger, who's prone to those turnovers. Yes, exactly. And has had ball security. It's a problem almost his entire career. Luke, that's our show. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure as always. Enjoy your football Sunday, everybody. And, and Monday, if you have any interest in that game. Though I don't think many will. So we will see you next week.